Welcome to Dead Dog Theology. This is Eric Reeves, and I'm here with Luke Jenkins, and we want to interject Christ into your day, your week, or how often you listen. It's been a couple of weeks since we posted a, an episode, but we're glad to be back with you. Got a lot to share with you today. Uh, the power of what we share with you, hopefully, to uh, is to increase the presence of Christ and the reality of your Christ in your daily life. And we always like to get started on our episodes with a devotional, uh, some scripture. Uh, to bring this reality into your minds and into your hearts. Today we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've been preaching through 2 Corinthians on Sunday morning, and we've been through chapter 3, so today's a preview of this upcoming Sunday. Out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, Paul is uh, expanding upon the results of what the gospel has done in us, of the ministry of the new covenant. And we can be very bold in preaching the gospel because we know that it brings about effect. It produces the fruit of Christ in our lives. Um, following Christ is not easy. It requires supernatural enabling. And sometimes when I get in the flesh or think in a worldly manner, I get worn out. But because of the work of the gospel in me, Paul reminds me in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the reality of the result of this new ministry. He says, therefore, having this ministry, and that is of the new covenant, uh, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And that's for all of you today, because God is working in you. We do not lose heart, but we have renounced the disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. He goes on in verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants, he tells the Corinthians, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, he said that at creation, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you today that this work, this gospel that we follow after, this gospel that has transformed us, also enables us to continue to walk with Christ as Paul alluded to in chapter 3 in this victory parade of the triumph of Jesus Christ. And then our bodies, ourselves, our personhood is put on display to show that this glory of God in Christ is sufficient uh, so that we would not be so discouraged, so that we would not be so distracted. Look, I was thinking of all that's going on in the world today and this deluge of, of news and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and however you get your information can almost seem overwhelming as if the world, uh, the, the cause of the gospel is hopeless. But let me encourage you as ministers of the new covenant, this fulfilled covenant of Christ in us, uh, we have reason to have hope. We have reason to press forward. Uh, we do not lose heart. We do renounce all the ways of the world, We, the sh shameful ways of, of those who might distort the gospel. We want to have a clear conscience as we present uh, the transforming power of Jesus Christ to all men everywhere on every occasion. And this is our podcast to you today to once again present the image of God in the face of Christ, to thank him for the light that he spoke into our lives, just as he spoke all creation into existence. He has caused the effect of our salvation in Christ to be sufficient for our every need. 
and every occasion. Let me pray for us, and we'll be back in a minute with some more segments. So let me offer this prayer for you today. Father God, we are thankful for the gospel that has transformed us inwardly and is transforming us even outwardly. God, that our obedience and our desire for obedience, we know it's from you. We know all these things are from you. It is your salvation. And we are so thankful that you are working it up working it in our lives, that Christ would be glorified at our expense, that uh, the parade, the processional of Christ's victory, certainly it smells like life to us, but to so many it smells like death and those who are darkened in their minds. Uh, God, we pray for the light of the creation of salvation, the creation of Christ's sufficiency be shed on every heart that we encounter today. Encourage these Christians to persevere because you persevere in us. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Dead Dog Theology. So we heard the opening segment with Pastor Eric and, and the devotion he had for us uh, in 2 Corinthians, and we were encouraged by that. But we want to take this segment and just catch you guys up on some of the happenings here at Harvestville Church. So, Pastor Eric, I was gone last week. Did anything interesting at the office happen then? No. Okay, I was hoping you would elaborate. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> it was just very quiet. And a lot of prayer and a lot of Bible study and a lot of uh, genuine ministry taking place. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? You didn't no. have to shut your doors much. No, I'm sure. um, door wide open. <laughs> um, it was. It was. It, we missed you. I mean, it was great. Well, I'm happy to be back. I hope that you guys are as happy for me to be back. Yeah. Anyway, so we had a good trip to Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Uh, every year, year we get the opportunity to partner with that camp as we um, take students there for their mission side of their camp. And so we got the opportunity to work at Andrews Elementary School. And there were still summer classes going on. And, and it was neat to see our students pray for those kids and just uh, work. They were painting hallways and building tables and just working hard um, that week. And so it was encouragement to me as their student minister, to see them uh, act out the gospel. How many students did you have go, Luke? We had uh, 22 students, four adults. That's awesome. And again, us uh, missing you here in the office, it was a really great thing. One of the challenges of uh, vocational ministry is staying in, in, in context with the mission feel. Uh, certainly, we have a ministry to the congregation that requires office time for our church uh, specifically. But man, whenever you can lead a group outside the building, uh, across the street, around the world, wherever it is, we were just blessed to know our students and those leaders were being led not to just a camp. Hey, let's get campy. You know, not that kind of stuff. But uh, certainly that that is attractional to part of that, going somewhere you're not and camping in, in great facilities. But then the missional side for our students to see that formation. I wish everybody, you know, would get outside their their normal routine uh, and encounter a world that even the most menial tasks done in the name of the Lord are very powerful and effective. We may not uh, see those effects of painting a hallway in in an elementary school, but done in the name of the Lord, he uses uh, such things in ways we can only, um, uh, by faith, you know, follow him in obedience. So I appreciate the very fact that uh, you led these students. We appreciate snow Snow, um, snowbird, snow bodies. There's <laughs> no business like 
show business. I, I will. Uh, on, on a serious note, no, you're. Well, good. I am serious. On a serious note, I, um, I will say that uh, I got the opportunity to call upon each kid and uh, each student and get them to pray before meals and things like that. And just as their minister, I got, I took that opportunity to hear their heart for Christ. And so, um, you can tell when people read their Bible and when they're growing in their relationship with Jesus, um, sometimes by how they pray. And I was really, really encouraged just in a from January when we went last time and I did the same thing to now on how they've grown in their walk with Jesus. We also came back uh, telling me that we had some uh, dead dog listeners at Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Yes, we do. Um, So uh, the biggest, I guess the biggest listener, um, fan, whatever. Brody? No. no, I don't think so. That's right. Um, But it would be Honor Rogers and Honor has worked with our girls on, for the last two times we went up there and just I was happy and encouraged that all these people we were told that there was like 12 people that requested to work with us and so we got a really really good group of counselors leaders snowbird staffers I think is what they're called so shout out to honor and all the staffers up there that listen to dead dog um I'm trying to get you guys a care package put together to send up there to you so yeah thank you guys for listening also uh i want to name i do want to name i'm gonna name off the people that the staffers that worked with us honor allison sam (laughs) kilgo parker caitlin hannah and of course wild bill and uh they really helped me with the students this week you good (laughs) they're not graduating i don't think they are i hope that's only song I could think of. I hope they're there. That's good. Well, we do appreciate their ministry. And I was looking at the pictures and how they invest, you know, that they're always getting a new group of kids uh, to come in. So to uh, stay focused and personal with each group that comes in is certainly a gift from God and and the pursuit of this ministry of the new covenant. We don't lose heart in the repetitious discipline of engaging people with the power of the gospel. So we're very thankful for Snowbird and these uh, staffers and how they've helped us at Harvest Field. For sure. Um, I did want to hit on the fact it was Henry Knight's birthday last week. And so Henry is our beloved 13-year-old in our student ministry who is full of energy. If me and you had all that energy, Eric, we could... Yeah, have a heart attack. Probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, at 6.30 in the morning, Eastern time, yeah, we uh, woke Henry up away from, from his slumber and uh, threw him in an ice-cold creek. Yes. Happy birthday to Henry. For Henry. <laughs> so that was one of our highlights of the week, the uh, people we got to mess with. Real quick, this came to mind in transition. Just give me a couple of sentences, two good sentences on how do you help kids, um, students coming back from uh, 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 the ability to step out of their life a little bit, the, the humdrum routine from school or summer work or summer schedule. Uh, to devote themselves to spiritual life and they they get a greater vision of how the gospel is at work in them and through them and then they come back to Harvestfield. so now they're back home they're back in the summer routine they're back even in the church pattern yeah. of of encouragement instead of this daily interaction in the creek and all that right. um what what would you think is uh one of the most significant things we've all seen students come back from this the uh summer camp high breaking up with their boyfriend girlfriend right, uh, right. Throwing, burning their cds do you ever do that do you ever take no, all your cds your car- i never went to a church camp i took all my carmen cds and burned them one time the devotion to christ i don't know who that is and they're mine <laughs> that was mean that was mean but uh no, to answer your question i think uh 
you've talked about it here recently is that Harvestville Church, we got to get better at inviting, investing, and discipling. And so um, as they come back from camp, we really need to connect and invest with these students. And so that's what we've charged our team to do. And um, we have group messages going on, just reminding people to read their Bibles. That was one of the difficulties that came up at camp was students. And I would say across probably across the board with adults, we've heard this from men in the men's ministry, is the struggle to read their Bible. And so charging them and just staying constant and, hey, you have to feed on God's Word. You have to every single day. And so that's our charge as their, as their ministers and their leaders is that we guide them to God's Word daily. And so we're working to do that um, to keep them connected in that form. And segue into the next segment, I'm looking ahead. When you gave shout-outs and, and sincere shout-outs to, <clears throat> yeah. to honor Allison, Sam Parker, Caitlin, Hannah, and Wild Bill. Wild Bill. You know, thinking about our student leaders here at Harvest Field and other churches that might um, be involved in our podcast, but, uh, you know, the, the call to student ministry, in the sense, it's the same call of the gospel. It's the same call of ministers of the New Covenant. We don't lose heart in student ministry because we know that the ministry of the new covenant in Christ is effective. It changes people's lives. Uh, there'll be always that tendency to want to lose heart and get drugged down in the repetitious nature of preaching the gospel daily to ourselves and to others. But in student ministry, we're so thankful for our leaders uh, here at Harvestville, and it's not an easy task. It's not. We know that. It's, it's, it may look like fun and young at heart on the outside, but inside it's still the same spiritual formation, the same spiritual struggle, the same addictions, the same temptations, the same world that is dissipating around us. So uh, don't ever discount student ministry. It's, it's ministry to Christians to strengthen them. They just happen to be younger. Right. So we'll come back in just a minute and address some of these topics with uh, student ministry, the importance of uh, being faithful gospel ministers of the new covenant, even to students. Amen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dead Dog Theology. Pastor Eric, you, you hit on um, on the last segment the importance of, of people who take student ministry seriously. And um, I'm, I am, I will say, I'm very thankful. I, I named off all the people that work with us at Snowbird, but I'm very thankful for the team that we have here that we continue to invest into these students and the seriousness that they take that take on in that role. Right. Even the, the calling that God puts on our lives and then the Holy Spirit places us in service to the church. Uh, we just want to reiterate that student ministry is not a lesser ministry or a stepping stone ministry. As so many guys and ladies see as, you know, you'll serve as a senior ministry and one day maybe you'll get to be a preacher to, right. to the big adults. That's a flawed uh, concept, but it is a traditional concept right. as well. So we want to esteem uh, our men and women who are called in various roles. Uh, in keeping with the guidelines of the scripture, um, we want to honor them and esteem them, not as junior partners, but as uh, partners in this gospel endeavor. And that goes for children's ministry or senior adult ministry or whatever uh, ministries, um, you know, are, are functions of our overall preaching of the gospel here at Harvestville. I think that, uh, and a good way to keep that in mind is, is if if you are on the front lines with these students, you do realize what you just said last segment, that they are dealing with the things that us as adults deal with. And so just discipling them through that. <laughs> the thing I admire is most of the time, if you can get a student to to be in the right environment and trust you and you're investing in them, they will share these things. Adults Absol will not. Absolutely. It's unless it's usually I get the mop up ministry is when things have fallen apart 
And uh, there's just all that's left is to draw the chalk circles on the pavement, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, so it's a it's an adventure to to have relationship with students in the name of the gospel that you can interact and encourage and disciple uh, as they're making real time decisions. We want them to make good decisions uh, proactively in Christ Absolutely. instead of always reactively. Uh, you know, how do I fix this? You and, know? and that's something we can learn from them as adults is that we can use, utilize the people that God's placed in your life, your elders, your pastors, your ministers to guide you to Christ preemptively before you have to make, the, as you said, the chalk on that the was terrible. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> but, know. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's true. The, but that's it's like, so true. Eric, you're a wonderful ministry. You do chalk drawing so well. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's but it. But uh, I pray that we all, all, follow the student's path in that and, and utilizing the people around us to guide us to Christ for sure. And so I was encouraged. I was encouraged last week and, and every week with our student ministers. We have a wonderful team uh, within our student ministry. We have a wonderful team and, and man, I couldn't ask for, for better people that, that help help out with these students. So while I was gone to camp, I didn't get to use social media much. Good which is good. You know, I had enough time to FaceTime the kids and Haley and that was about it. But, um, there was a SBC, like, well, I don't guess it'd be SBC convention. It was a SB convention. No, they call it <laughs> SBC Southern Baptist convention convention. Okay. Well, there was an SBC convention convention. I don't know. No, it was uh, the annual meeting. And again, uh, if you're into the politics of Baptist life and, and those are important, I'm not saying it's not polity is with any, um, organization, but sometimes you can get bogged down in the details and you lose sight of the overall mission. I thought this year's uh, convention, which I'm not in the loop. I am not. Um, I, if I showed up down there, they would, they probably wouldn't even let me in. Good for you. But I am, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to be a, a contributor to the overall health of the Baptist denomination. I just don't have a platform to do that other than the local church. So I'm just going to keep preaching the gospel. Amen. Now we did see some, you know, the, uh, debate on the biblical role of elders or pastors and uh, male headship in the church. And I think the uh, convention overall voted to uh, strengthen their statement that the, the office of pastor, and again, I would say elder bishop, but now the Southern Baptists shy away from right. those kind of categories, I understand. But uh, the, affirming that the Bible describes that office as reserved for men and to model the headship of Christ just as a husband does in marriage. The pastor models Christ's headship uh, in the, this office for the church. And so um, Rick Warren's argument was, you know, what we call egalitarianism, that men and women are equal and are able for any role uh, of leadership or ministry in the Bible. And, and we just disagree with uh, a man such as Rick, who has a lot of influence and a yeah. lot of prestige and power. But uh, the argument was that if you don't believe in egalitarianism, uh, that you're somehow disparaging or denying women from ministry. So that's something that's very uh, sensitive to my heart because I don't understand. You'd have to begrudge a husband being male only and saying right. that a woman's being disparaged by being a wife. That's 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 preposterous. And I don't want to make a straw man argument or take advantage that, you know, the other side of the story is not here to tell their case. But it's so clear in the Bible that that uh, male and female are designed by God for various roles, not only in the marriage, but also in the church. And so uh, for women not to begrudge male headship 
but to function in the the powerful ministry of the gospel that is afforded to them to to hold a sound doctrine to teach others in sound doctrine but not as an elder so um the sbc as far as denominationalism goes i think that was a great thing for them or us sorry yeah yeah and them they those yeah. <laughs> them on them you that- and that's your pronoun over there. <laughs> but for Harvest Field, I mean, I'm not claiming superiority over the entire Southern Baptist denomination, but we believe the Bible teaches a plurality of elders, not just one pastor who controls everything. And so I couldn't even argue the point in case uh, very well if they did give me a platform or a, a, a time of debate so uh, elders and overseers and pastors um, and then women who are are partners equal in in the sight of god equal in personhood but different in in gender roles and that's our society is putting a lot of pressure on the church to cave in to the neutering of men and the decentralization of sexuality and mm-hmm. taking the ambiguous uh, labels that are out there now and imposing them on the church and we just have to be um, you know, very steadfast in what the Bible says and, and affirm men and women in the roles of ministry. Yeah, I, I will say <clears throat> with this, the the convention that came up, uh, for some reason I decided to join some Facebook groups of some SBC uh, minister le- ministry leaders and pastors and uh, something that really bothered me, and I can't see past or can't see their viewpoint on it, is their defiance of a plurality of elders in general. Um, I don't know why people come up with this argument of it's a single pastor-led church, and, and and maybe that you know we do the plurality of elder thing here, and so I don't I don't get that. I don't get the other viewpoint. It's hard to unsee anything in Scripture where you <sighs> finally go, well, wait a minute, maybe it's a lot more simple than the worldly CEO model of right. success, where you have this gregarious leader who runs everything and he's an expert on everything and. Uh, if he leaves, the church suffers, you know, right. if, how are we going to call another charismatic leader? And I have decided by watching the convention, I got to come up with a new preacher's voice. Well, I need to be more contrived and <laughs> need to have a long straw and drink her milkshake. I, my voice is just kind of like more like Gomer Pyle. But if you're on that stage, you have to be eloquent and overpronunciate. I'm not making fun. Well, I guess I am. Yeah, I just don't like contrived ministry. Fake. Just be who you are in the in the everyday and the mundane. Yeah, our speaking voices. We need to speak well. Yeah, understandable. It's just, just, just kind of. Now I'm going into. You're afraid of the dark. I was born in the dark. That's like the last time I preached on Sunday. I went home and Haley said, "Boy, your Pauls sure are Pauls." Pauls. Yep. Paul, like Paul, Paul, she's fine. she's making fun of me for being a redneck. Oh, well, you can't get the country out of Luke Jenkins. <laughs> it's awful. Like I said, Ho- Hoax Bluff is not a geography; it's a condition. <laughs> I'll have it the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, born with it. <laughs> but uh, but no, you're, you're right. There, there is. Well, you know, at Harvestville, we're not the flagship for denominational representation. As far as the SBC would not enjoy our plurality of eldership, they would not enjoy our. And we call them reformed, for lack of better words, nuances. You know, just the fact that we're trying to discern uh, more specifically how to preach the gospel better and not so generalized. They wouldn't enjoy any nuances, though, probably. No, no, nuance is a funny word. (laughs) And uh, I think another word I'd like to ban from uh, 
SBC platform vocabulary is robust. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> robust, you know, these, these yeah. talking point words that come up. We want to have robust interaction. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You didn't go see who it was. Turn time. your phone off, Gooden. <laughs> oh, hold on. Last time you checked. Hello? Oh, we're doing a Dead Dog Theology podcast. What are you doing? Our first caller. Sorry. Y'all, you're on the air right now. <laughs> oh, hey, folks. How you doing today? This is Matthew Reeves. Where are you from, Matthew? What? Where are you from, Matthew? I'm from Gadsden, Alabama. What was your call? What was your question for today? Uh, I'm calling in about the, the desire to be a better man. The desire to be a better man. <laughs> that transition. Well, all right, I'm going to transfer you over to one of our counselors, Matthew, and we'll see if we can help you in that endeavor. We appreciate you calling. Do I get anything free? No, Do nothing free. Dead dog, dead dog coupons. Okay, that'll work. All right. Well, I'll call you back after a while. Okay, bye. Bye. The beloved Matthew Reeves. I was actually about to transition to our our men's gathering that we have tomorrow night, and uh, Matthew is uh, preaching that message, and so I'm encouraged by him. He's on our student ministry team and does an awesome job with our high school guys. But uh, I'm really excited about that and just challenging men to uh, be made more like the image of Christ that we're called to make, be made like. And so I'm excited to hear what he has to say out of Titus as we challenge men to dive into the Word and to enter into discipleship relationships. And uh, Pastor Eric, you'll be there too. I'll be there. I ordered food specifically for you. That's right. Thank <laughs> you. Well, let's, uh, let's end this segment and we'll come back with a closing word. This is our closing segment this week of Dead Dog Theology. So we would like to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Cheerwine. I had a lot of it last week, and so I just wanted to thank, thank Cheerwine and also the CSB Bible. This is my preferred translation. And Christian Addiction Recovery Programs America that helps us break the habit of Cheerwine and the CSB. <laughs> it's a very painful ministry, but it's necessary. Thank you to our sponsors. They can do it. And also, I'd like to give a plug for our upcoming VBS, July 9th through the 12th. If your kid wants to sign up, let us know. Yeah. Uh, so, Pastor Eric, anything help happened this week that was just... Just a lot of fun for you, or no? <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, Father's Day wiffle ball game, I got plowed, and uh, that was good exercise for me, and I'm still recovering from it. And yesterday, uh, oh, Luke got in, Luke got in my way, and uh, um, I had to give him a shove, and he claimed that his back was hurting. Then he turned and attacked me. That's it not... physically accosted me. No, um, I mean, you know, I am. I'm shenaring, uh as we speak. Uh, I mean, again, I shouldn't have pushed a professional wrestler that weighs like 345 pounds. Not that handy, by um, the way. But I, you know, uh, yeah, I pushed him. I provoked him. But then he came back with a fury of red dawn on me <laughs> and picked me up off my feet in the office in front of the ladies and touched me in ways only Dr. <laughs> me and Amin know about. <laughs> <laughs> well you can tell, tell everybody you've been in a wrestling match with a grizzly bear yeah this is true mm -hmm. I, i've been uh I'm watching conor mcgregor videos and re-strategizing don't get it don't get up close stay away kick his knees, <laughs> kick um, his knees. and by the way he was breathing after our 10 minute scuffle if i could have just kept him engaged for about 10 more minutes he'd have died of a heart attack <laughs> that's probably true sound like car wash joe on steroids <laughs> <laughs> well, <I want> you. 
You know, I used to be a professional wrestler. You got to build your opponent up, Eric. I'm trying to teach you something here. Because this is what I'm about to say. I learned. You are the strongest elder we have. Well, absolutely. I I, think. I learned I wasn't dressed for the occasion yesterday. (laughs) We wore the same thing. (laughs) Don't go there. (laughs) I did. It was a good move. Oh, don't push me. And then I squared up on you. Uh, Luke is the reason uh, I carry a 45 caliber. (laughs) That'll put a stop to it. (laughs) No. You know, it's fun. Jocularity in the office is very important. And as an older man, it's important to let the younger man uh, (laughs) um, have some apparent victory. uh, You know, speaking of Matthew, I heard he told you to get off the tracks when the train's coming through trying to catch a fly ball. Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Happy happy Father's Day. Oh, you're you're strong. It's not fair. I I won't be as strong as you when I'm. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you guys listening this week, and uh, we pray that we'll come back next week with another another episode. Yeah, if you're a member of Harvestville, we'll see you on Sunday. Um, We really want to dig into 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and be encouraged to not lose heart in the gospel, and we press on for the glory of Christ. Amen. See you guys.